David A. Price presents... Welcome to Marvel Noise, episode 404. I'm your host, Simple Steve Raker, enjoying the basics and showing much appreciation as 2022 closes out. Then it's back to Mad Thinker mode for 2023. With me, and I count on it, believe me, is WWX Kevin and Andrew the L.A. Rabbit to close out another calendar year of Marvel Noise, the podcast sponsored by Nobody. If you're the mad thinker, Andrew is awesome Andy. Who does that make me? Uh, aren't you whirlwind? <laughs> like, I mean, yours yes. doesn't require any stretch at all. You're an actual character from the comic. So. I mean, yes. <laughs> I just we... want to know, how's the limo driving going, Kevin? <laughs> Ugh, limo driving isn't so great. The 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 cat the the limo company got hit by COVID and oh man. Here at Marvel Noise, we post two episodes a month, no ads, and anything Marvel is within our scope. All right, all right. For this last episode of the year, it's become tradition to rattle off any recent reads that have been piling up and have been left unattended as well as offer up, uh, you know, like a year-end Marvel Noise Coolometer. That's reminiscent of the old bullpen bulletins page feature that was in the late 80s, early 90s, I want to say. I'm going to say early 90s. Late 80s, I would have missed it. <laughs> I mean, that's not true. I shouldn't say that. That's yeah, not true at all. Picked up plenty of back I- them as back issues, but Coolometer... Yeah, those 80s back issues were pretty ripe for picking. It's that DeFalco editor-in-chief time, though. You know? Anyway. We've been reading, Kevin. I've been trying to read uh, Doctor Strange Fall Sunrise, and I can say that I did read it by uh, Trad Moore and Heather Moore, but I'm not quite sure what I read. I was going to say, I is it readable? pretty pictures. <laughs> that, I believe. Yes, but... um. I, I don't know. Doctor Strange goes somewhere. He says some things. Uh, he fights some things. And um, I think you're going to be looking at this one and, and, and seeing the many panels and the many weird worlds that he goes to and and all the all the stuff that, you know, a Doctor Strange story can bring. But I, I I'm a little bit at a loss. <laughs> is it one of those books where you hope they print a version that doesn't have any word balloons or text boxes in it? <laughs> well, I mean, it seems ready-made for, like, a treasury size because, I mean, sometimes there's a lot going on. They, they did... just a, a, like, like, you could have definitely used, like, a lot more double-page spreads in here, but it doesn't happen. Sometimes it's just, like, a lot of small panels with a lot going on. So I'm like, getting this blown up would, would definitely be pretty exciting. Maybe it's, you know, art imitating life in that 
they did one of those treasury editions of Trad Moore's Silver Surfer Black, and I, I'm sure he got a copy, right? And he's looking at it. Yeah. He's like, oh, what can I do, you know, with this? Sounds intense. I read a new Punisher title that I'm, I mean, I'm always hesitant when there's another new Punisher title. It's like, all right, what's, what are they going to do now? Kind of a thing. But this one was a little bit different because number one, pun intended, it's written by Jason Aaron, which is kind of unusual when you think of your typical Punisher creative team. It's written by Jason Aaron with art by Jesus Siaz and Paul Azaceda, giving it that very realistic, almost Ariel Olivetti painted style look. Very striking visually. I, I, I like the book, even though sometimes it's a little sparse on backgrounds, but, you know, they're using the darkness. I was going to say, which style is that? <laughs> Yeah, which of which of Olivetti's you mean? Because yeah, he has exactly, so many. Exactly. Yeah, more of his painting I've style. I've seen some radically different comics over the years. True that. Well, there's been eight issues out and a couple of one shots of this new status quo for the Punisher, and I know it's hard to swallow, but stick with me because it actually is some fun comics here. Spinning out of the events from the Devil's Reign Daredevil event? Like, you know how the hand has a knack for mystically resurrecting people? Like Elektra, most notably? Well, in a nutshell, here the hand has made a deal with the Punisher that they'll bring his family back if he'll lead them. And... So it's the Punisher leading the hand, or is he being led? You know, there's that whole bit. But he uses the hand like he he can direct them towards bad guys, which is like effectively like doing the Punisher's job on this wider global scale. He's got an army. I mean, I hope he's doing a better job than, than what Daredevil did. So far, yes. Okay. But he's all, he's got this freaky madam scary face representative of the beast acting as as his like facilitator and advisor. And, like she reminds me of that lady from Night Thrasher's you know that guardian lady in the um New Warriors that was Night Thrasher's like like I don't know what she was. Aunt or whatever. Oh. She's got the same eyes, you know, those devil scary, uh, like, yeah. Asian oriental scary face with a bun. <laughs> so uh, she's like the hands HR is what you're saying. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so there's all kinds of like inner workings of the hand and the Punisher's reaction to them is pretty entertaining. When someone makes a mistake and they get punished, uh, the Punisher is like, wait a minute, that's not who we punish, that kind of stuff. And there's also this big plot point brewing that is now coming to a head with the most current issue in 8 and 9 of Ares from the old 
Dark Avengers days, etc., leading this army against the hand using these like superhuman related weapons like gamma guns and it's heavy but there's still plenty of fun to be had here even though there's some dark stuff going on and the art is really sweet it's good storytelling it's jason aaron he tells a good story well he did that that um max punisher alternate history thing oh yeah that's true and there were two Punisher War Journal one-shots, uh, Blitz and Brother, and they're both written by the same guy, Torum Gronbeck. So it's like allowing another writer to write this version of the Punisher. And given the status quo, it's basically a couple of side missions where the Punisher goes off with the hand going after somebody or doing something and allows them to kind of show him in action with the current status quo without the things that are building in the current series. Fun stuff. So what's their, like, are they still trying to take over the world? Like what's their current gig? Like why, what's their kind of hanging out thing? I assume they're not in it for money or whatever. So the hand. Yeah. It's to serve the beast. There's this yeah. mystical beast. Yeah. God. He was, Weren't they like resurrecting him? We're, well, the Punisher really is bringing them blood. The, hand. the, the, the okay. Punisher is acting like the fist of the hand, and he's bringing them plenty of sacrifices for this god. But they're all bad guys, like arms dealers and and gang mem- you know, leaders, and you know, typical you know, white collar criminals, typical targets of the Punisher. But you doing know, this isn't going to end well. No, I mean, there's stuff that I'm not mentioning purposefully well, just was, to not was... spoil. That's crazy stuff. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, I hinted at some stuff, but it, it's there's some nutty business going on, and it's well, pretty entertaining to watch Frank try to hang on to doing the right thing and being in control of the situation versus being taken over. Well, if you're reading the Daredevil book, you know that they're like, oh, we're trying to end the hand. So I'm like, ooh, hmm crossover yeah i know right you're just like waiting <laughs> yeah, that right. seems difficult daredevil's not aware of the value of the ip of the hand i don't think they're gonna get rid of it i mean well you know i think daredevil wants his ip to supersede punisher's ip because you know daredevil's a lawyer should be up on all those rights and everything <laughs> Klaus Jansen gets five cents every time the hand is <laughs> drawn into a panel. All right, Andrew, what you got? All right, it's the year is ending, gentlemen. Uh, loyal Marvel Noise listeners may remember in a fit of nostalgia, which drives almost everything, I sacrificed by getting a Marvel print subscription, having dog-eared and spindled and folded and mutilated comics sent to my door (laughs) i chose the hulk series and i have issue 10 in my hot little hands do do shenanigans with them actually sending me 50 of the last series i don't know what my last number issue is and i know you're like andy you go online and check and i say no this is about nostalgia (laughs) in the old days we had a subscription there was no checking online to see what was your last issue now they usually put like a big like your last issue renew but i also know that with these 
comic books when the team switches i assume this comic ain't going past like 12 issues or something like that it is oh nice maybe i will be able to get a new one i thought it would be <laughs> done after 12 or 13 or whatever and they'd reboot it with a new one but this is uh donny cates and ryan otley are back with uh, cliff rathburn sonia obeck marty gracia for some color and color is very key for this now uh, I've talked a little bit about the series. I've been enjoying kind of the big, dumb fun. I feel like when you are following a pretty well-regarded run, you got to mix it up. So they decided to go with like big, dumb monsters and fights and things like that to sort of, you know, they have to distance themselves. Like you can't try and do Hulk horror light. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, I guess you could, but I feel like, you want to have your own set side hustle. And that's what they're doing here. Now, this is what was funny is we had all that fun stuff. Then it got completely derailed by the tie-in thing that we all laughed about. But now they're back on uh, Hulk Planet, which is sort of why it also feels like a bit of a wrap-up, which is why I thought maybe it was going to be ending soon. But glad to hear it's going on. I mean, there's some... Greater shuffle um, occurring. Yeah, I don't know how much you want to know. I don't know what I want you maybe to be surprised, Andrew. Well, when you when it shows up and you'll be like, "What is this?" (laughs) More like if it shows up. (laughs) 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 Who knows? But this actual one nine got completely mutilated, but ten was in good shape. What I liked was their choice of purple as the complementary color. That green and purple is a real, you know, from Kang on down. I feel like that's like Hulk, the purple pants, you know, it's his, uh, the green goblin. Like those are the, those are the kind of complimentary covers. So this is also the kind of setting the stage boring issue that decompressed comics love so much. So we're kind of getting a lot of the backstory, putting the Hulk basically in on this new planet where he is the savior and from the shenanigans previous in and all the fights he went through exposed the residents of this planet to the gamma radiation which made them all a planet full of crazy hulks (laughs) now why that's important is it gives us two pages of action because those are the only two pages you're going to get folks because you know you want these ryan otley hulk comics to be a lot of talking heads i know i do Nothing excites me more than (laughs) big, dumb, talking head fun. But you kind of need, this is that, like, we're clearing, we're setting up for the next issue, and they're going to have a big celebration tournament. And Hulk's like, oh, I don't want to hurt anybody. And they're like, oh, you can't hurt anybody. Like, this is wham, bam, we're going to have an all-out what everyone who buys a Hulk comic wants, presumably a big punch-up. I mean, I I remember reading some of those earlier issues, and there wasn't... uh... Wasn't a lot there, but there was a lot of fighting. Yeah. So this is more your speed, Kevin. No fighting, <laughs> all talking. So sweet. Uh, maybe I, I love people sitting at a table at Avengers Mansion just talking about what they saw on TV today. Well, it's giving the history of this planet and how everything impacted it and all that. And I really feel like, man, we couldn't do this in a page or two. I mean, I guess for those of you that love 
that sort of literal world building, you're like, nah, man, nah, dog. I need pages and pages of that. Where I'm just like, we could add a page of like, yeah, the gamma radiation jump these guys up. This is like a Hulk planet full of Hulks, and they love the Hulk, and Hulk's concerned about the Hulk, and he's merged with Banner. And then there's a big twist that, uh, you know, could change the character forever and result in the end of everything we know about the Hulk, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just resetting it for the next crew to come on. Like I said, it really felt like this was kind of building up to an ending, but Kevin assures me it's continuing. So, <laughs> and he's assuring the listeners it's continuing. Don't lie to me, Kevin. Don't lie. I think he may be writing the book even. <laughs> the ultimate surprise. That would be pretty don't cool. Spoil it. Kevin Smash. Uh, yeah, so excited for issue planets. 11. If I get issue 11. But yeah, so the cover, very dramatic, fighty, fighty cover. Insides, uh, fool me once, shame on you. But you do get to see a young Bruce Banner have a real emotional moment with his mom. Oh, boy. And all the feels. Because that's what you guys like about the Hulk. Can't <sighs> fool me. Yikes. Want Hulk cry. <laughs> I mean, you do like watching the Hulk walk away down the road. I like yeah, this didn't come with the a piano music MP3. <laughs> I'd rather he sit in the forest and say he wishes he could just be left alone. Talk oh, to the geez. bunnies. Or maybe solve problems with fruit pies. I would accept that as well. Yep. Now, I like him having a, a, a buddy comedy with four guys in a Jeep and they're riding around the country trying to find all the gamma bombs. That sounds... But Mildly interesting. <laughs> so stay tuned, listeners. Will Andy get issue 11? <laughs> or, or, and will he be left in the wind? I Be continued. At the current, I don't think I'm going to renew my subscription. The steep discount is not, it's, it's fine. And it's fun getting them in the mail, but they really do get beat up. So far, only one of them was completely thrashed. But even the ones in relatively good shape are pretty beat up. So um, I don't know. It's a weird, I wish maybe in a fit of drunken nostalgia, high on looking at old comics, I'll order it again, but I don't know. Current, current, the magic eight ball currently says uh, not likely. I read that um, crossover. You mentioned that had just preceded the story you were reading the from Hulk seven and eight crossed over with Thor 25 and 26. Cause Donnie Cates also writes the Thor book and the, the crossover started with, they got a one shot Hulk versus Thor banner of war. Number one. And what was odd, although will make sense for when it's collected even though it crossed over between two titles, well, three if you count the one-shot, uh, the same artist, Martin Kakulo, who isn't the artist on either title beforehand. So they like brought in another artist to do the crossover, and so it stays very consistent, as you can imagine, right? It's like a stealth miniseries. They didn't have the heart to go with. the And similar to what you described but spread out over these five issues. Like the first issue, the Banner of War thing, 
they fight it out, like the whole issue. It's totally fun. First chapter, bang, bang, bang. Then Tony Stark busts in with some unexplainable celestial-oriented Hulk-busting armor and then fights the Hulk. And then things pretty much jump the rail and go like Hulked-out heroes. Remember back when they did that during the Greg Pak era? And like all, all the oh, planets, all the heroes got hulked out. Yeah, but there's some fun like character interaction between Banner and the Hulk and Thor that makes the trip worthwhile. Like it's good for the unlimited. Um, I would check it out that way. There's some really nice Gary Frank covers on all of the issues too across the two series, so that it also gives some continuity there. Like there's a funny moment because of the weird status quo of each of these characters under Donny Cates. There's a moment where Thor is like having an argument with Odin who's trapped inside Mjolnir. And Hulk is having an argument or talking to Betty, who's like the AI inside his little command module inside the Hulk. And the Hulk and Thor both look at each other and they're like, who are you talking to? (laughs) Like, you're not talking to me, are you? (laughs) like they're both having these internal things very similarly it's it was fun but then i thought it just like towards the end i was just flipping the pages so i was like oh boy although beta ray bill was there that was kind of cool well let me tell you just reading two of the five segments was maybe not as satisfying from a story perspective but you know eh, what are you gonna do yeah well i read up and comers Stormbreakers? No, Tanker Division. Called? I don't know yeah, if you read it. that um, Black Hat annual or, or a few of those other like various one-shots over the last few years, but uh, this team has assembled. Hmm. This is by uh, Kim Lee and uh, Nitro. That's a pretty good name, Nitro. Oh, your love of the new warriors never ends. <laughs> but you know, you have your um, your Korean pop star, and a, and then and a real, um, I guess, like ghosty big guy. You know, you have all your 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 auntie, auntie, which apparently got renamed um, Lady Bright. That's like on a, a giant like trading card. You know, you have a, you have a bunch of visually exciting uh, characters. Wait, which title is this one again, Kevin? Tiger Division. Familiar. Wait, I did get this one. I know this you one. You did? I remember this. Yes. Sorry, I forgot when you were mentioning the uninspired costume design. That's what sprang to mind. Oh. Like, oh, that's right. None of them had. They need more cool outfits for superhero comics. So what do you think of this? <laughs> Give me one minute to actually pull the issue that, so I can. That's right. it, Andrew. You're on the hot seat. <laughs> you showed a chink in the armor, and now Kevin's picking at it. <laughs> well, you remember it, do you? What happened on page three? <laughs> I know. When Luna Snow shows up, you said you read this, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. They they actually show you some. Um... 
like they did the redesign on like one of the classified uh, pages of like one of these characters, and I'm like, it starts reminding me of um, oh, I can't I, one of those one of those anime. Which is, it shouldn't be exactly surprising since like, I mean, Korean superheroes and everything, but it's just funny. I should have got the other cover though. Maybe I will eventually pick that up because there's supposed to be um, an art germ cover for this. Oh, I know, I know. Andrew will be like, "Oh, you should have got the Peach Momoko cover or something." <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm surprised that at the amount of love and everything, like just watching and and listening to other like comic creators and everything like they they have a serious uh also have a serious love for uh for peach and everything too i'm just like wow they just want her line to go smoothly at the con apparently their line goes much better in japan (laughs) so you have like a, a a like a disaster going on here with like a ship and then you have the team like Luna Snow and Lady Bright and Mr. Enigma come in and uh, try to help things out. You know, with there's like that that robotic robotic type of dude, but he's like ginger in Valiant Comics. Well, and then they have a character called like Gunner here. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying, but uh, it's kind of funny that. <laughs> But they have a like a similar sensibility for there, and then they're like big Superman um, comes in, tries to like save the day, type of thing. But he's he's a little um, preoccupied, I'll say. He's like being haunted. So I mean, it's a, it's a decent enough um, issue of like seeing the characters again. But I don't think it's gonna like blow anyone's socks off. Yeah, I don't recall it that well. It was just, um, yeah, I thought it was fine. Like I said, I like the snow, the one character design, but the other ones, I had a cover of them, and they were all just kind of like, boy, this is not rethinking bold visual designs. Don't you want to like grab people and? shake them up a little bit but maybe that's not as cool it seemed like they were going for a different aesthetic on the character design but i cannot locate the issue i recently did some reorganizing oh and it should tell you what i thought of the issue i guess Uh, but it wasn't terrible I, i was just like oh when it's a new team you really want something where they blow your socks off you know what i mean and you're really like new characters whoa we don't get those every day i think yeah like it's I feel like I enjoyed the Black Cat annual more than I enjoyed this issue. And, I'm, and then um, the Fox has a, has a good, uh, or maybe Andrew, decent outfit. I'm thinking that Andrew's copy is stamped as a document and has been sent <laughs> oh, no. to another country as a gift. No, yeah, yeah hers is good. But some of those other ones, Kevin, you have to admit, they're not really like, oh, wow, how innovative or colorful or whatever. Oh, you mean the guy that like on the cover that has just like a like a shirt? 
Yeah, in jeans and yeah, then, yeah, yeah. There were some of those, and I was just like, "Oh, come on, people, this is your chance." But yeah, the Superman analog also I thought was like we could make that more colorful. I mean, yeah, I've sort of. I mean, it's it's fine, but I mean, it doesn't really do anything for me. Is everything happening I, at night? At night. Yeah. Just curious. I mean, that would be cool if you have a big guy that's glowing and everything. No, just as far as like the colors being more drab, and just curious, with you know uh, the background of Japanese uh, architecture and stuff looks really cool at night too, with all the. Oh, I mean, they do go somewhere by the end of the issue that's like more in that direction, but I feel like you could do more with like the glowy green guy. I mean, they do have a flashback, like a like a sort of um, that that I have questions about that too because it's like they find one of the characters, and it's like 1950. I'm like, so one of their characters is like 72 years old or something. I'm like, like if that's where they're going, I'm like totally did not see that coming. But I guess if you're like like a Superman, like. I mean, it, it you don't age as fast. I mean, I guess he, they didn't reveal anything about him in when he first appeared in that Taskmaster miniseries. I don't know. I mean, that could definitely uh, have some interesting story elements there. Sure. We'll see where this goes. Nice. Would people like... Something really awesome, or one of my number ones that I picked up. Awesome? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ugh. Now, as I hinted at on Sister Show Indie Comic Book Noise, which is part of the Deliberate Noise family, so I sense a little subtle aggression by Steve with his comment that Marvel does two episodes a month where indie, you know, comes out whenever it likes, but. In a recent episode, I mentioned I follow IDW because they run sales. And I'm at the point now where I only buy their artist editions when they're on sale, usually. So their Black Friday sale had the John Byrne Artifact Edition heavily discounted. So I picked it up. Nice. Now, for those of you not in the know, the Artist Edition and Artifact Edition are full-size reproduction of the original art pages. The Artifact Edition just indicates that they don't have like a decent run of issues the artist edition will usually be a few issues with a couple of extras thrown in uh and one or two just reproduced pages that are not the from the original art the artifact has the advantage of 100 percent of these are from the actual art pages themselves scanned right why this is important to marvel noise fans is this is like a lot of marvel noise stuff right here they have some classic moments. Kevin, Whirlwind is represented on some of these pages. Oh, oh, come nice. on. John Byrne drawing you. That's, That's where you took shelf. the beast for a little spin. Count Nefaria. Oh, it comes on at the end. Yeah, so there's a bunch of Avengers. There's a bunch of Captain America. One of my favorites is the Dragon Man issue. Has that great cover where Dragon Man takes oh, up almost yeah. all the cover. Now, for newer listeners, Dragon Man used to not be really smart. Uh, I know he's now like some erudite scholar with the 
fantastic foundation. Or he tried to eat the time. shield like a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got some of the Wonder Gore stuff and Vision and Scarlet Witch, which is like eight continuities ago when we were explaining where they came from. Yep, yep. Uh, but yeah, the Dragon Man stuff are my favorite pages in here because Burn, that's a sort of big creature, kind of like the thing or whatever, but also kind of demony. So they have the cover and a bunch of the pages. Again, not enough to be like all the way through on anything, but they got some pages from Cap 250, which we talked about on episode 250. The coincidence of that, huh? They have some pages from uh, the two-in-one number 50 that we talked about. I think that was pretty recently, too. Nice. Plus, uh, um, Burn uh, has some of the Baron blood. There's the Marvel team-ups. You can see a Spidey and uh, Captain Britain and uh, Tigra and Miss Marvel, like all classic. And then Iron Fist and um, uh, Luke Cage. Awesome. Remember that awesome Wolverine with the fringe <laughs> that looks terrible? <laughs> <laughs> from uh, from Iron Fist series, <laughs> you get to see that. I mean, you get to see some of the other characters like Colossus and Nightcrawler looking much more on model. But man, that fringe outfit Wolverine wore <laughs> was just terrible. <laughs> He got it from one of the uh, Imperial Guard, remember? Fang or yeah. whatever. Yeah, he got it from uh, DC. That lady <laughs> character from the Justice League is where he got it from, Steve. But, so what's fun is because it's all these different titles, you have like every hero just about, you know, Avengers, Spider-Man, some Fantastic Four characters. So it's really great to see it. Plus there's like a double page spread. There's some design work for Alpha Flight in the back a bunch of covers. So while you don't have like a whole story or whatever, you have all these other elements that make it great. And like I said, I just thought it was funny as I was going through it, all this stuff we've talked about on Marvel noise are in here. And I, I was like, come on for like a big discount sale. Why wouldn't I get these things? They're great. It's a great collection. I have that one too. And it really is. It's great. Instead of it being a few stories, it's, reminiscent of dozens of stories it's great yeah it's great yeah so big uh so as i said on that one follow idw i know spam is annoying but two or three times a year they run some pretty good sales so if this sort of stuff is your jam like i think you'll find you'll get some good deals in it and it's worth it then and you know you buy a bunch of stuff so it helps with the shipping it's been so long since i bought an artist edition this has the new box style, which I didn't know they changed up where it now opens in the middle. But yeah, super pleased. I also picked up the Walt Simonson, Al Williamson Star Wars one was on sale too. Oh, cool. So I got that one as well. Because like I said, you know, I was, I kind of really have trailed off. They're just hard to store and bulky and expensive. But come on, man. How can you not buy it when it's on some crazy sale? I know it. They're great. I mean, you can not buy it if you're smart and don't want to spend all your money on dumb comic books, but <laughs> we both know that's not me. All right, I got one more here that we touched upon once it was a few issues into the series when it first came out, and I talked glowingly of it. But now that it's finished up, it's 25-issue run and an annual. <laughs> 
I gotta go back and give some love to writer Chris Cantwell's Iron Man. And the art team was Angel Unzueta and Cafu, pretty much alternating, except for issues 15 to 18, which were a few other guys, and Alex Ross covers on the whole series. The guest stars and supporting casts, Hellcat, who had a prominent role, Moondragon, Frogman, Scarlet Spider, the original Human Torch, some dude named Halcyon I never heard of, Misty Knight, War Machine, the Gargoyle, the Silver Surfer, and Riri Williams, the Ironheart. And the bad guys are Korvac, and he's the main villain, but you also get some good old Iron Man villains like the Blizzard and Unicorn and the Controller, Ultimo, the Titanium Man, the Spy Master, Cobalt Man, and the Mandarin's Rings. There's multiple callbacks to Cantwell's other major Marvel work, his Doctor Doom series, and even some appearances by Doomsy himself. There's callbacks to old issues of the Defenders, of the Avengers, even an issue of Marvel fanfare. He's Cantwell is totally one of us, like a Bronze Ager. I mean, the stealth armor? <laughs> that stuff's great. And remember how Moondragon turned off Patsy Walker's developing psychic powers in Defenders number 77? I didn't. Totally, Steve. I know I read that. I didn't remember that, but <laughs> no, they know. went back there. I don't remember that. They went back there. <laughs> we finally get a solid, understandable origin for Korvac that makes him somewhat sympathetic and makes you understand what his deal is. They make his motivations clear. His goal is to steer, steal the power cosmic from Galactus's world ship. And then use it to, you know, be Super Korvac. Like I said... So it, a saga wasn't enough for you, Steve. <laughs> 25 issues, just wrapped up. It's really one big mega arc with diversions along the way. Like, a big story, but with many different acts. And all of them were entertaining. And all of them were big character arcs. Like, Tony had a big character arc, Patsy, and Korvac, even. But, Andrew, the controller pretty much stayed the controller. <laughs> you know? Really good. Good stuff. It, it, the end of the series stuck the landing by having this, like, Iron Man day that kind of reflected on who Iron Man is and what he means and seemed like an anniversary issue but also made for a good like last episode of the series so to speak really good series definitely highly recommended i enjoyed it i would say the controller is on everyone's top 10 of disc based villains steve oh for <laughs> sure <laughs> the wizard's number one <laughs> scourge i guess you didn't read the the new iron man number one not yet i did Oh, nice. Any good? 
Um, you can't find it. Well, <laughs> what to say about this issue? <laughs> um, we like Jerry Dugan, right? We do. Like, I mean, yeah, I would I would say he's he's improved with age. But this one, I think, is a real Kevin issue. And not so much an Andy issue. Uh-oh. So it's a lot of words on the page, a lot of recap of Iron Man's long history. Hmm. And it's like, man, I guess I've scared everyone out of doing that in media res thing where we flash <laughs> back. So now they got to prove that they've read like 700 <laughs> Iron Man comics. And I'm like, you know, I don't need every time this guy took a drink or whatever. Like, I'm good just <laughs> cutting to the chase. But it's the whole pitch is like, it's his autobiography. So it's ah. just page and page of recap. And the point is, we're currently now, he's down, he's turned into Peter Parker. He's down on his luck. Down to his last few million. Again. Again. I mean, you know, I don't really care. Like, those sort of situations. And look, no knock on Juan, Fragera, and Brian uh, Valenza. Like, it's, it's, uh, they're, I would say, tasked with a difficult thing to sort of portray this kind of, we're going to cover a lot of Iron Man's history and put in this mystery. And the mystery is, What's going wrong with Iron Man's tech? A huge incident happens, people die, and no one can figure out, like, is he losing his edge? And he's like, it's not me. And Riri couldn't find anything, and Tony Stark, and she's smarter than he is. And so whoever the big bad is going to be, they're smarter than all the heroes. Which I'm always of like, I know we need to set up and puff up the bad guy. This, like, they're the ultimate of everything. I would much rather kind of have more subtly portrayed than sort of banged over the head with it. So it goes through a series of kind of fake-out attacks. And a clever twist to it, but I just feel laying that on that thick this early. Better to start it with something small and kind of let the narrative build it than just telling us that from the jump. My opinion only. You guys can disagree and say, no, I want to be hungry for this epic battle of all time right at the front end. Hmm. But I just feel, creep me into it. You know, show me that this cat is is the is the ultimate planner and, you know, the mad thinker. What There are plenty of villains that this suits their M.O., you know, the pop, like loads of them are like those. We got a long playing scheme and Tony's particularly susceptible. I mean, that's a classic Iron Man story. You know, you have him bring about his own downfall. We saw it with Stain. We've seen it a bunch of times. You know what I mean? Like, that's a good Iron Man thing. I just don't like being hammered with the. Oh yeah, this guy, it's really important. Like no one can figure out what's going on. Because it also undermines to some degree in my thinking that it isn't. It would have been better if they found some goofy thing and played it off like, oh, it's probably X. I don't know. It's weird to hype on that small point, but dude, the rest of this is just like his Wikipedia entry. So. Yeah. <laughs> I still have um, PTSD from that point one that was a lot of Iron Man recap. Yeah, so that the point is there's a big bad who's outsmarting Tony 
Tony's down. He's Peter Parkering it. And so how is he going to get that? And I think it's going to be a good story because Dugan can craft that out. But, man, we could have jumped a little more into it and had a little less of the this is everything that, you know, just give us a pay. He's down on us. This is Iron Man. We ain't got no money and bad stuff has happened. I'm also not sure how they're handling the alcohol thing. Like, it seems like he's an alcoholic, but then he was more Again. like, oh, I just partied too much. So I don't know. Maybe they got so much pushback of them leaning into the sort of more formal, I'm an alcoholic thing. But he does go to a meeting. I don't know. I don't really keep up so much with where they're at with those elements of the character. I mean, I think it's a, a good element to show. You know, it's another point of his character development, but... To my reading, I was a little vague on that here. But he's clearly less, a little less arrogant, a little feeling his oats a little bit with all these problems he's having finance. I mean, he's not dead, dead broke, but, you know, Tony being down to like a couple million or something is pretty much broke. But he needs to move out west and, you know, form a new company. Again. I mean, he can make up some, make something up and like have money overnight or at least yeah. he should be able to yeah but then unless he's lost his, his intelligence or something what and there's like you? homage panels to like the classic like there's a lot so if you love that stuff and kevin i know you do you'll get <laughs> some of that in this comic if that's your jam and you'd be like oh yeah i remember that it just sometimes the stuff feels weirdly checklisty or whatever like yeah. oh you got to talk about X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, no, no, you don't. We're all in the age of the internet. If anyone's buying this comic that doesn't know that, they can find it out faster than you can do it. But like I said, wait till we're three or four issues in, Steve. When you read this in a block, I bet you you'll be more satisfied once they've gotten this kind of I'm writing my autobiography framing device out of the way. I got something more exciting than what than what Andrew has. I believe we we covered She-Hulk number one, right? Yeah, yeah, and a little yeah, bit later. Yeah, I, I think we were we were pretty hot on the book. Yeah, yeah, we talked about She-Hulk one through seventy-five, and then her subsequent. <laughs> her, we did a whole episode on She-Hulk. I'm kind of surprised you forgot. I mean. I guess you could make an argument that that it's been a like a slow build, but I've been enjoying like all all the like character stuff and absolutely Jack of Hearts like hanging out at uh, totally, and it's been a good well, mystery. Yeah, yeah. But you're kind of like, well, what's going on here? Like, like there's there was something like behind the scenes, and you're like. I know some people are like, oh, like it used to be, oh, this was written for a six-issue arc, or, or Marvel's doing three-issue arcs, and now recently I heard, oh, it's all five-issue arcs, and I'm like, well, this title isn't, definitely it's not. Yeah, true that. Because we're on issue eight, and finally in issue eight, like you have basically like no She-Hulk, and it's just like the whole issue where like the pieces are fitting together, you're finally are finding out what's going on, and it's like some, you, you can fe sort of feel the tension, like, oh, like these people are like, oh, we deserve this. 
not this shouldn't be happening to other people like other people are so lucky they get bitten by radioactive spiders we deserve this to happen to us and we know how to make it happen and you're just like oh no oh no as i'm turning the pages yeah especially since you've encountered the characters before earlier in the series in a weird little incident yeah. that happened everything starts making sense and in a very uh different story structure than sometimes where the reveal when everything starts making sense is like the end or somehow like here it, it amps up the drama and the tension like now yes. you're real yeah. like i'm so want to read the next issue well, I, I can see a different version of this comic where they inserted a few of these pages per issue. But here they have it in the whole issue. And I'm like, I, I just love that this is a whole issue of this. I mean, it would be weird if you came in on this as your first issue, like granted. Yes. But I still think you would have been interested in what's happening. Yep, it's a story for sure. And I think it's funny that they have... Um, uh, my Yaz uh, Zawa as um, as the artist because they were also did uh, a Runaways um, like fill an issue. Um, oh, cool! Some time ago, maybe years ago now. Uh, so yeah, like I, I like I usually don't see any like regular ongoing series or something, but they seem to fill in here or there. So I enjoy their stuff. Nice. Got any others before we get to our cooler meter? Uh, you, you, I can do some, give you some quick hits, Super sure, Steve. Sure, don't sell anything short, but fire some <laughs> off. Uh, I, I seem to be taken in by some of these miniseries that are in the past or have past creators, but they're in current time. And one of, one of those was uh, Spider-Man The Lost Hunt. Which definitely harkens back to uh, to that mid late nineties uh, Spider Man period. There, they sure. even have that like spider logo on the cover that says a Spider Man special event. Yep. <laughs> and I and I had to do a a quick wiki search here because I'm like I'm reading this and it's like oh Gregoire is showing up and I'm like that's that guy that showed up in Kazar right <laughs> and. Funny enough, when you get to the end of the issue, they actually recap that on like a letters page type of thing. And I'm just like, <laughs> I didn't need to. But it was just funny that that's there, too. So, I mean, if, if you like that era or are um, have some kind of weird attachment to it, I guess part of the thing is it's... Um, I like Gregor. J.M. Demetrius. So I'm like... Yeah. Him doing Spider-Man, it's like some kind exactly. of graven thing. I'm like... I got to see this. Yep. And I think it was sold as, and they're still talking about it as, oh, a Craven origin. But I'm like, Craven's not really here. Like maybe other issues, they'll get into that more Craven goodness. But this is more like the after effects of like Craven on like other people's lives and driving Peter crazy and everything. Sort of like how Norman was in those, like the child within and all that stuff like his his influence from beyond the grave is pretty great and then you have like 
MJ pregnant and you have uh, they're in that Peter and uh, MJ are in uh, Portland and all that like weird sort of era. But, you know, I'm interested. Let's so we'll see one. where that goes. Well, if you like that flashback, Kevin, I can suggest the but this is to the 90s. The extreme X-Men, the Claremont La Roca book is oh. very it's it's flashing back to then but it i think that's up, early 2000s though it picks up a key story of ogan <laughs> which is from the 80s kitty yeah. so it's a fun like and it's claremont so it's this like weird mishmash of like weird leather outfits <laughs> and the 80s so, but it got me to flip pull up the uh Marvel Online and flip through the old Kitty Pride Wolverine limited series, uh, Al Milgram. So that's a plus. I like the first one, but not the second one. Milgram and ninjas. Come on. <laughs> uh, Andrew, did you read Thunderbolts number four? I don't. Ha- I missed that one. I need to go pick it oh. up. I just have one through three. I need to get four. Hopefully before five comes out. But who knows? I don't know if I should say that much because there's a certain storytelling thing going on in this issue. And it's um, called Jim's up. I'm well aware. He's on the cover. <laughs> I mean, it still has two artists, two inkers. <laughs> I love it. Go crazy. I, I mean, I think it was it was the the issue I was most interested in yet, but it was a weird issue. Because I was just like, I don't know. Something about it, I'm just like, I'm like, oh, it, it, it can't be this. So, I mean. Well, if, I, if, I, I'm I'm more interested than I was. I guess I guess that's that's good. Marvel is really centering that book because the new Photon series, the Above the Fold summary, prominently puts her as a member of the Ultimates, Thunderbolts, and even as leader of the Mighty Avengers. Puts Thunderbolts. Wow. Before the Avengers, mind you. Wow. You know, because when That's you think crazy. of Monica Rambo, you think Thunderbolts right away. I know Kevin <laughs> does as the ultimate thing. I think you think next wave before Thunderbolts. <laughs> so yeah, they're 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 pushing this uh this Thunderbolts thing. So justice like lightning, Kevin. Another thing I read uh which was previously covered was that Fantastic Four number one. Which, yeah, you can definitely tell this isn't the first issue. It is a first issue, but totally at, like, a next issue type of thing. So, I mean, that's bold that you don't make any course corrections, and you're like, well, this was supposed to be issue 47 or whatever. I'm still happy to be issue one. <laughs> I mean, just think of it as, like, maybe a Marvel fanfare or the thing in his own book with Alicia. Hmm. And I don't, there's a certain technique at play in the, where it's just like you're reading the same thing over and over at the beginning. I know, Andrew, that might bug you. But you love it. That's good. <laughs> See? I mean, they got one of us. That's all they needed. Like a Star Trek episode or the Twilight Zone. I think it works. I think it's fun. I was left intrigued and I wasn't totally turned off. Like, I, I want to see the book when, you know, it has all four of the four, but as a story, I mean, I think it was good enough. I think it was it was fun. 
And there are such different opinions on that Fantastic Four issue. That's I why know. I had to read it. I should mention that. I got Because some people are like, this is terrible. And some people are like, this is really good. Yeah, I got to finish reading the slot stuff before I dive in. Okay, it's the final minutes of Marvel Noises 2022 podcasting year, which means there's just one more bit of housekeeping to do. It's time for our year end 2022 Coolometer. Yay! I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty cool. I might be buried by the time this, you know. Uh, no putting yourself on the Coolometer. Okay. So if there's three of if there's a gang of us, is this Kulo meter in the gang, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. I'll show you how this thing goes and get things started and offer up something cool and something uncool or neutral. And for cool, I'm gonna start right off the bat to do one that I know neither of you will have because it will be somewhere further down. Kevin's Coolometer. Oh no! And that is well. You know what? Let me let me bundle it so that it can't <laughs> help but be supported. And Whoa! You're stealing Thunderbolts right from Kevin. Nice. No. I approve, Super Steve. I want to bundle up some of what's happened in Daredevil last year, and call it Marco Cicchetto's art, Electra as Daredevil, and yes, Devil's Reign. Um, this is definitely on my uh, coolometer, Super Steve. <laughs> Where does it fall, Kevin? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say You're it's kind of midway. I brought it up in the round right in the middle. Yeah, because I mean, I wasn't super into Devil's Reign. I know. That's and I'm then I'm like, I was into the stuff before that, but I remember at the beginning I wasn't feeling it. wasn't Didn't have the time for it. And then like they they. I'm like, okay, we're going to do the relaunch thing. And I'm like, there's some things I enjoy, but then that classmate that's an angel or something shows up, and I could not be more bored. All right, and for uncool, Marvel squandering and losing the Conan license. You know, they, uh, had, they had a good year and a half, maybe 18 months or so, and then all of a sudden they, you know really uh, well you know the conan um covid though it's a pretty formidable foe for conan yeah that must have been it yeah writing <laughs> is tough too writing is hard i mean how many times can you talk about his uh tawny sinewy <laughs> dude they gave panther like thighs. they gave him a lightsaber and then they <laughs> and then they did like a ninja thing where he went to like the orient and was like doing ninja stuff but it wasn't the orient that we've seen before like ugh. conan he's just like wolverine right he totally <laughs> yes Gosh. he also went to the future You're supposed i mean to isn't he to the currently future. in the future no they sent him back thank god <laughs> oh did they all right andrew what do you got what's cool what's uncool what's cool let's say like I'm stealing it. Let's wish a big 100 to the man, Stan the man. Wow. Uh, he's pretty oh. cool. I mean, unsure is a posthumous image being appropriated by the big mouse, but what the heck? He's not using it, and <laughs> they treated him pretty well, so I can't really front it. But you know, it's a nice round number. 
we're all here in a large part because of Stan the Man. So I think it's the top of the cool. I don't know how you can get much cooler. I mean, the distinguished competition even thought he was cool. They put out a comic out in his name, too. Yeah, I re- well, I also remember those fun Stan Lee reimagines the DC comics because uh, while I'm old, dear listeners, I wasn't really around for the heyday of Stan the comic scribe. I was around for Stan the promotional vehicle. So I did like some of those later things, even though maybe they're not going to make his top 100 list for his 100th birthday. I enjoyed them because to me, they were not only new to me, but new to everybody when those materials started coming out where I missed some of that peak 60s content that he's so well known for. So Struparella isn't going near the top of your Kulu meter for Stan Lee works? She's all right. I mean, I was thinking more of the DC stuff. I was thinking of the boom stuff. You know, like he... Uh, it was just fun to see him back in that game because for my whole effective comic reading life, he wasn't really, he was the editor emeritus and the yeah. guy hawking the cartoons and showing yeah. up and stuff. Yeah, totally. Whoa, we got a barn burner today, folks. Yeah, so it was good to see him back rolling up his sleeves, you know, correction tape at the typewriter, marking it down. Right, or so he was now, poking, prodding some of the new talent. So now I give a uncool thing, Super Steve? Or neutral. Uh, <laughs> let's go uncool. I'm pretty down on the video game offerings. I know ever the Snap game, which is their new mobile, got a lot of love, but I'm not really yeah. a mobile gamer. And uh, I am going to get the Midnight Suns, but boo on them. They don't release the one for the older generation systems till the end of the year (laughs) and the reviews are not good for the (laughs) main system i mean i'm still gonna get it and play it because it's built for a sucker like me but i mean i'm glad they reskinned the spider-man game and everything but that's not really moving forward i did enjoy in previous years the avengers and the guardians of galaxy i know they're not the greatest games but marvel's conquered like comics film and tv they need to not just be a mobile gamer, you know? They did get back to releasing good, solid platform games. So uh, do better. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll fall in love with that Midnight Suns, but I don't know if you guys have been noticing. It's not like the world is in love with it. Hmm. I haven't really noticed. Kevin, what's Maybe Kevin? That's not a... If it's not a Nintendo, I guess you don't notice it, Kevin. <laughs> Maybe a Super Mario brother will team up with kitty pride or something if, if it's not an octopath traveler i'm i'm yeah look just pretend iron man is a mega man <laughs> i can do that what's cool kevin uh al ewing he's very cool i mean i, I i'm pretty sure i put him at the top of the cool meter last year hmm <laughs> And after this year putting out that that one of the greatest series that came out in the last year with the Defenders Beyond and finishing up the last year's Defenders, and then the Ant-Man, I mean, he was very cool. Nice. Like, that Defenders, like, defined my year. Like, that 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 was, <laughs> oh, that, that was top-notch stuff. Like, I mean, 
got some Marvel Cosmic in there. Got some Blue Marvel in there. The most I've ever loved Blue Marvel. <laughs> he does do it. He does write a good Blue Marvel. Yeah. I guess I have to give something uncool. Or neutral. <laughs> Kevin, you're our golden age guy. I think you'd have tons of Blue Marvel stuff you're reading. The Coolometer <laughs> has a middle section. <laughs> uh, where are the Marvel tunes, guys? I'm disappointed that that we've run out of Marvel cartoons. You're not you're not jiving Spidey and his cool friends or what however they've changed it. Is is this is this Spidey and his Coolometer friends? Yeah, I think that's what they're calling it now. I I know I tried it and it skewed a little Paw Patrol for me. Yeah. I mean, I I, I suppose we might have some coming. I don't know. It, it, the the if you look at the magic uh, crystal ball or eight ball or whatever, uh, it's kind of cloudy. <laughs> <laughs> cloudy with a chance of meatballs, Kevin. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I think that, and I know I mentioned it just earlier on the show, so I'm doubling down on it. Cantwell's Iron Man versus Korvac with uh, Hellcat and is the supporting cast and all of the callbacks to the Bronze Age that was in that 25-issue series. That was cool. But not so cool? All right. I Last year, I think I had on the Coolometer, something to the effect of like the black cat being like one of the like Trinity of Marvel all of a sudden, right? Like she's like, (laughs) she's one of the main players, but to be more specific, if you want to get right down to how she's being used, that she can pick any locked door, even like an ancient braced stone slab with, hieroglyphics unknown to modern scholars and everything like she did in the Marvels number eight. That's kind of bogus. She's a cat burglar. Give me a, cut me some slack here. Isn't she a master thief now? That means she can like open up the Ark (laughs) of the Covenant and whatever, or she can like do the, uh, uh, you know, open up the thing without pinhead coming out. You know, like, I don't know. It's... I would allow it if all the treasure is cat related. <laughs> <laughs> that gives her an edge. All right. Is, is Andrew. it my turn? Oh, yep. yes. All right. Well, I have an unlikely pair. Marvel has reinvigorated my interest in things that I had not, I my interest had flagged with two, again, two top, not quite Stan Lee 100, but right underneath that. First of all, that uh, Alex Ross Fantastic Four OGN. Hmm. I was always kind of like, I like Alex Ross. It's fine. It doesn't blow my skirt up or whatever. So then to have him really come and lay down some really fun sequentials and the colors and just, I felt it was not as stiff as what I have come to associate it with. It really just turned me around. I was like, you know, maybe I need to revisit the Alex Ross where he's a bit more playful. I really like, like, I I think we talked about the, the story was fine, but it was really was this visual adventure and capturing that energy and excitement. And I would not have pegged Alex Ross as the guy for me. 
to do that. I noticed it made some best of lists, but I still found it challenging to put a like sort of like an old story in uh, best of. Like, I feel like the people that would put in a best of list aren't the people that normally read like Marvel Comics every Wednesday. So maybe they're like, oh, this is so great. Like, it was good, but you know. Well, I don't read comics, so I guess I'm the guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just part well, it of it is like they were putting it at the top of their cool meter. Well, part of it is again that low expectation. When I heard Alex Ross, I thought it was going to look like the Marvels or yeah, his work yeah. for DC. Just, uh, and that's my own bias that I shouldn't have. But you know, you're like, well, eh, it's Alex Ross. I'm going to get this, and it's going to be fine. But it's not. It's going to look like, like I said, that stiffness that I feel his compositions have, but. Then I get this thing and it's colorful and jazzy and moving and really capturing a distant era, which I felt tickled me in a way that I was like, this is not. And I guess it goes with the twin thing I'm pinning it with, which is the Marvel DoorDash comic book, because I love a corporate tie in, man. (laughs) As a kid, the toothpaste ones and all that stuff, Kool-Aid. I mean, it's weird. It's like, it's not as weird as when they had like Lockheed Martin or whatever. Or DC, I think, did one with like snap tight tools. Or, yeah. Like they're getting more obscure, but I was like, oh man, they're turning food delivery people into superheroes. This is the power of comics, people. It can turn, you know, like regular things ordinary humdrum corporate ip into exciting job futures that's what i want to say and then um middle of the road kind of cool meter for me is and feel free to uh and i don't know i may have the year wrong on this but um that Hickman departing the X family hmm. was that this year, or the year before. Um, it's, it kind of bummed me out a it, little bit. Like it, I was really digging what he was doing, it, and it's no Inferno, knock on the new he, guys. Even but. if he left beforehand, the effect certainly was made, uh, you know, to be felt this year. Like you know what I mean? Like this is when you felt the blow for sure this past year. So I'll allow it. Okay, good. I got a ruling. Good. Like I said, I don't want to. It's not at the bottom because there's no knock on the creators he left behind, but he really, I felt, invigorated the X family in this impossible stew of crossover titles and just crazy stuff with Krakoa and everything. And it was a fun ride, and I thought it was just a blast. And like I said, it got me all back into the X stuff. Oh, then uh, you're going to love my next cool thing, Andrew. Oh, good. Hit me, baby. Krakoa. <laughs> nice. I mean, when when you have uh, like the regular X book, the Immortal X Men, and the X Men Red, I mean, that's a great group of things. That's like, good. Like Dugan doing like what I like top level Dugan stuff. Uh, the the Immortal X Men with like Gillen like doing better than his previous stuff with the x-men on that and it seems like he has all this you know stuff going on in the background that he's playing with and then you have uh 
uh, Ewing, who I already mentioned with the X-Men Red and all that Mars stuff, I'm like, that's that's a great set of books right there. Those definitely feel like the core books to me. Yeah. I mean, some of the other ones, like you can pick and choose which ones you're you're into or whatever. But yeah, that's like for a core right there. Like, that, I mean, that's that's pretty fabulous. And then they're bringing in all these different other artists that are just really, really bringing it this whole package there. All right, what's neutral or uncool? Um, I'm gonna say the Thunderbolts. Whoa. Uh, neutral or uncool? <laughs> um, to be determined because we have uh, one more issue, but ooh, no, you I'm not. I'm not sure if we're 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 dealing with mental health issues now or. All right, I'm middle. I mean, I'm putting it in the middle. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's all right. It's passable, I guess, but. We'll, we'll we'll see where it ends up, right? <laughs> well, I'll give you a pass because I too like the Defenders Beyond, so that sort of gives you some cover for slagging on the return of Mister Thunderbolts for Thunderbolts. You know what? The Thunderbolts was a write-in. I didn't actually have it on my list, but as soon as you mentioned it, Andrew, I'm like, that needs to go on 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 the Coolometer. Because who are we if not a Thunderbolts podcast? <laughs> We're about to get kicked off by Super Steve if you keep that kind of talk up. <laughs> All right, cool. I think, given what's happened in the Marvel Universe the last few years with the character, I thought it was really cool, the idea of having two Captain America titles with two creative teams. But uncool, the two Cap titles they came up with. Wah, wah. Andrew, you're up just like that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I never know how this uh, goes. I'm not prepared. I feel uh, trending cool and very enjoyable, but not, you know, top of the stack or anything. I feel like Marvel has done good with the Star Wars license. Hmm. I mean, I really, it was from the year before, but I really, the War of the Bounty Hunters was what sort of lured me back as oh. like a pointlessly fun event. It just was like that kind of big, empty popcorn event comics where there isn't, you know, like there's very low stakes because of where they're placed in existing canon. But they found a good way to make it just kind of mindlessly pop a few Star Wars comics and enjoy yourself. You know, I let, let them stack up. Um, I didn't die. I, I even got into the. Uh, the rise of the Crimson Dawn, or whichever that last yeah, one was. Yeah, no, that's been fun. Yeah, yeah, wasn't wasn't there like three different phases of that? Yes. Whole... Yeah, we're in phase two right now. Yeah, and I I don't know. Part of it is I'm able to compartmentalize that stuff and just enjoy it. Like I said, as empty calories kind of thing. And I don't. Maybe the creative team would be upset or whatever, but. Star Wars has been used and abused and existing in so many fashions that it's hard to get too ginned up in a way that's going to impact me. But man, just fun. Like a lot of moving parts, you're trapped by the continuity. I don't know. I just am impressed. I think they always look good. We'll, we'll lump them all together there in the cool section, but I'll reveal to you that on my list I had the Star Wars and Darth Vader, the two main books, cool, 
and then all of the other books middle, <laughs> middle of the road they were all they were all neutral i really I, feel I'm... like dr Afra this last series took a dive with the change in creative team and and direction and stuff and i mean eventually it had to right um but I, I feel like the the bounty hunter one strayed and ah, whatever. It's all good. My, it's all Star Wars. My questionable sort of to be continued has to be. I was pretty excited and I got the test one, but the Marvel getting back into role playing games. Mm. Uh, why it's kind of a question mark is you know it's still an evolving process. I think they finally finished up the new rules, but I got the little test book. I was just, I had so much fun with the old yellow box of Marvel superheroes role-playing game from the 80s, and then they did the expert or advanced edition with the darker box. And so many good times, I was really glad to see them come back and start taking over. And I know they're, they've got like a damage control board game. I just like these moving into not just video games, that was the last one. These are those other game spaces that I'm enjoying personally the last few years. I've had some time at home for no particular reason. So I've gotten more into various sort of board games and dice games and deck building, but less into the type where you're always acquiring new pieces, but more just you're buying the basic set. I mean, maybe there's an expansion or something, but not that type of thing like magic or whatever, where you're always in an arms race to get the latest <laughs> thing. So it, hoping that that's going to be a real solid development for them and they're going to take over all quadrants of entertainment with my favorite thing. But I can't really say much, you know, because it's not done yet. Unless you guys have. I don't know if you guys have looked at any of it. Nope. No, but, but I cool. noticed that there's a damage control board game thingy coming out next year. Yes. Yeah, and I was curious. Like I said, yeah, board games are cool little simple deck builders i know there's a marvel deck builder but i think it's fantasy flight aren't they the ones doing it and i'm kind of so so on them i should probably try it anyways but i'm enjoying the gi joe renegade studios dice game so those things are kind of fun they're like a different way to engage your favorite intellectual property kevin what's cool uh axe judgment day wow i'm putting it out here uh, one of the best events in recent memory. Good concept. Uh, it's more than like you. You hear the concept, you're like, oh, that's good. But then it's also like an Avengers versus Eternals, and you're like, oh, I don't know about that part. But I feel like everything that's in here is always more than you think it is. You're like, oh no, some characters are going to be judged or have to face their fears. But it's better than you think it is. Yeah, there were some good moments. I had it in my middle of the road neutral zone. There were some things and about it I didn't really like. And what really makes some of the issues too, like I'm in, invested in the Eternals and and the X Men, but like they have that little chart where it shows you everyone that's going to be in the issue or whatever, and they just have some like random regular civilians, and I'm like, oh yeah, they'll do that for a bit, but they keep on checking in on the average person and what they're doing, like every issue. And their story continues. So it's it's it feels like there's like it's a full story. And like they keep on ramping it up and doing different things. And I'm like, I can only take so many alien invasions in a row 
where they target the major cities and they go to every continent like this this felt this was refreshing you said Kevin, you... are you bitter they don't target canada more in these things <laughs> <laughs> is your agenda showing through kevin you said you're um invested in the eternals are you really i mean that was a good book no but what like, are, the, the eternals I like reading about that though? crazy stuff I re- even remember going back to like, was it was it the the Kirby thing? Well, that was Kirby. the backups. Was the backups? Yeah, but 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 what about this past year? Like there were some Eternals one shots and stuff, and yeah, I, I, thought, I was digging that. Yeah, all right. And then they had they had like uh, Pasco Ferry on that stuff, and I'm like, oh man, this is good stuff. I don't know. I like the weird stuff. Hmm. <laughs> Kevin, he wants uh, the Celestial Prober to come back, Steve. Even even the Eternals movie, I'm like, there was some wild, crazy cosmic stuff in that. And I'm like, people didn't like that? I don't know. I mean, I guess if you would have thrown like many more jokes like Guardians of the Galaxy, people would have been all over that. All right, then what's neutral or uncool? Uh, uncool, uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. <laughs> I mean... I, I, I this was the movie where I had the most difficult time trying to separate the source material from what we were getting, because I just know the source material is so good, and then we're getting this and like kidnapping kids, and then I'm like, I'm like, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're getting some stuff that makes sense to the movie, and it's all right, but I'm like, I know there's a better story in here than what we're getting. So it's uncool or middle of the road. It's uncool. Uncool. Stamp. <laughs> I'm taking, yeah, I'm taking the stand. We need more sound effects, Steve. <laughs> you know, I heard another deliberate noise podcast tried sound effects to great oh, no. effect this year. <laughs> did, did, did you infect them? All right. Let's talk about indie comic book noise, Kevin. <laughs> you know what else is cool? Or was cool? Continues to be cool. Clea as the warlord of Manhattan. Oh, that is definitely cool. The way she has stepped into her role and redefined it and how she interacts with the different magical players around and the marketplace of magic. And because she's a tough cookie who's been the ruler of a dark dimension. So uh, she doesn't have, you know, she doesn't stand for fools. Um, It's been interesting to see her handling the mantle of Sorcerer Supreme. She doesn't stand for fools. Steve, she spent all day dealing with mindless ones. They're not exactly (laughs) geniuses. But no, I like Clea too. What's not to like, man? That crazy Ditko design forever in my heart. And uncool, I'll uh, I'll say that Venom, with his new title, despite it being drawn by Brian Hitch, they decided to stay complex and, and try to keep the ball rolling instead of having sort of a palate cleansing new status quo and given us a few villain of the month type scenarios and kind of starting to build over again. Not a good editorial choice in my, for my preference. 
uncool. Ka-ching. <laughs> There's the sound effects we all <laughs> know and love. Well, I'm, again, because as you guys know, I'm into cheesy, sentimental, silly stuff. For my cool o meter, and this is going to be controversial, I liked The Guardian's Christmas special. That's controversial? Yeah, because it's not very continuity-driven. It's pretty silly. It has no stakes whatsoever. <laughs> it's very much appealing to those throwback kind of holiday specials and all that sort of thing. But I was glad to see them branching that out and getting into that. And I really like Christmas stuff in general. I mean, it's not going to, you know, jump into the Charlie Brown, it's a wonderful life rotation, Emmett Otter style. But, you know, I really was glad that they were like, okay, let's just make this silly. The werewolf one wasn't quite as good, but it was also fun for Halloween. Can we group them together and say yes. Marvel doing hol- holiday specials yes. at all? holiday specials, all yes. Right. And I really like the redemption of Man-Thing a little bit, too, after for that. Sure. Everyone's <laughs> into Man-Thing now. Yeah, that, that first movie was a little rough. Although, you know, Patsy Walker, can't knock that. <laughs> and I gotta say... I'm going to, I know Steve, you said we can't be on the meter, but I'm putting my attitude on the meter. I can't oh. believe someone should go back and slap. If young Andy was here today, he would slap old Andy. Because you want to know what, boys? I wouldn't say I'm fatigued, but I'm not running out to the theater. I watch everything, and I will, but I'm no longer running out to the theater for everything. I'm going to wait for Black Panther 2 to come to the plus. Yeah, kind of. I I enjoy this stuff, but I don't know. I'm not the kind of you know used to go to all the movies right away or whatever. And I'm just kind of like you know I like watching them at home. You know, if I'm late to the game or miss it, and that's kind of sad. Like if I was a young man and you told me, and you're gonna have so many movies and TV shows that don't suck about Marvel that you're just I, gonna I, not rush out to the theater. Ugh. So I feel like you're setting me up. <laughs> So it's reaching the point you don't want to go to the movies anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, I'll just wait till they come to my television and watch them there. And I do enjoy them, but I don't know. I just, I see a lot of fire in the eyes of the kids out there that I used to have. And I feel like now, I don't know. I like this stuff, but it doesn't, I don't know. And I'll keep watching it. Don't you worry, Disney. Your, your share of dollars are safe. I'm going to keep <laughs> watching everything i just don't have that you know when it was going and humming and and i don't think that things are necessarily better or worse i just think oh man we've been spoiled with so many movies and tv shows and specials and it's hard to judge why i say andrew's setting me up is i haven't been i haven't been to the theater like regular so i don't know maybe wakanda forever is great don't know but I kind of feel like the shows have been outperforming the movies within the last year. Like Disney Plus, definitely cool. She-Hulk, exactly like She-Hulk is supposed to be. They got some Miss Marvel, some Moon Knight. I'm like, I was a happy, happy camp. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I watch. Like I said, I'm watching it all, and I will watch Black Panther two when it shows up. But it's got to get there and. Right now, it's still in theaters, so I get them being like, we're all like, when's it coming? And they're like, hey, hey, we want to make some money at the theater. But <laughs> It's true. 
I mean, they throw some of that money away, but they still want to make some money in the theater. All right, what's uncool or neutral? Uh, uncool, uh, Marvel Legend prices and HasLab. Hasbro <laughs> oh, wow. Lab is just, just uncool. <laughs> Controversial opinion. Only every toy fan in the world is like... I mean, I just need to look at, at the McFarlane stuff that's bigger and for less of a price. And I'm just like... And I'm like, oh, no, it only has 22 points of articulation. <laughs> like, I literally bought Blue Beetle and Booster Gold 2-pack, where the package is, like, so enormous, they could not make that package any bigger. And, I don't, and I'm thinking retailers probably don't like that, because it's using up, like, three or four areas with this massive package. But anyways, I got it for, like, $20, $30 less than, like, a Marvel Legends 2-pack. That like has Hasbro Lab pricing like at the store. Kevin, you're just better because that eight hundred dollar car didn't get funded. Is that it? <laughs> were they just like thinking they could do anything at that point? I guess someone got the order to like see how far you can go. Yeah. And then if they buy it, great. And if not, we'll just come back with something more reasonable next time. Because that seemed just. I have no idea how they could possibly get. I mean, I'm joking. It was, but it was like 500 yeah. bucks. Or so. It was crazy for yeah. a six-inch scale car and a figure. Like, what a yikes! Yeah, I don't. And then uh, they're they're like, oh, we're gonna retool these characters we did 20 years ago, and there'll be less with them, but we'll we'll double the 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 price of the current figures. And I'm like, I'm like, really? Like now, like you're, I'm seeing the sale prices, and they're like the sale or the clearance is like down to like the like half the price back down to the regular figure price. And I'm just like, whew. Very good polka. I, I'm completely. I need to get some of that McFarland figure. Everything I hear is their good value and fun, and because I see a bunch online, like people yeah. getting the waves, and they're they always they never say it. They're like. The one guy was busting out had the toe articulate, you know, the toe cut. And I was like, I don't think I've ever seen that on a regular <laughs> Hasbro Marvel. Legend. Yeah, so I I usually get every, well, everyone I can find, and and that you know that's not crazy. Like if it's if it's a hundred dollars, I'm like I'm not I'm not I'm not doing that. But I usually get like I I'll get even like obscure guys I like I, I don't like that much for Marvel and DC I'm building a very specific universe even though it is cheaper <laughs> I'm not buying like every single bizarro guy you that, James that I don't need like that's that's yeah, not where my fandom is for that exactly. company you don't need another Moonstone right Kevin oh now that I love that would be a that would be a cool that they made a Moonstone for me a male and a female and a double pack. Yes. This is the thing. They probably will at some point do a male Moonstone. They got to have it. Maybe a build the figure. <laughs> yeah, some of those. I'm I'm starting to wonder if I should build some because now that like they retool stuff and it's like, oh, we're doing a Viper again, but it's like we did we're doing better hair or something. I'm like, maybe they'll have some of these builder builda coming around again, but they'll be. A, better stylized the second time i don't know 
Hey, I did um, for the advent calendar. I got it on sale. The the Fisher Price DC Imagine X. I'd never played with that stuff. Mm. The, the little tiny guys. Yeah. Surprising amount of articulation. Like it's just yeah. those cheap. They're like an inch and a half and like soft, good capes. And their arms move. Uh, the wrists move. And they come with little accessories. You can pop them on and everything. Just real fun, tiny little toys for... I mean, I don't know what they normally retail at, but it was a real fun thing. And they were all kind of Christmassy. So Swamp Thing had like Christmas tree lights on them and everything. It's fun. But this is Marvel noise. This is Marvel noise. <laughs> yeah, well, I, this is a slag on Hasbro noise. Uh, exactly. <laughs> all right. Last, for this last round, let's uh, just shoot off a, uh, any that you want to fill the right. coolometer with uh, for one more round here. So I got, I got a few. I right. got a few. Steve. All right. So. I, I've got a couple, uh, a good and negative. Cool <laughs> is Jed McKay's Moon Knight. I yes. really, really enjoyed that series from the callbacks to his knowledge of the character and the previous iterations to all this vampire stuff and uh, Zodiac business. Uh, it's been a fun series, and the art has been... If you look at a panel in isolation, it might seem just very distorted and wonky, but once you step into that world and you're reading in the book, you feel like you're in this mystical Moon Knight world. It's pretty consistent. Also cool is my pal Greg Capullo signing an exclusive with Marvel. <laughs> I can't wait to see what happens now. And I won't even bug him to find out. <laughs> He's come over to the dark side, or back to the dark side, I should say. Not so cool. I, it's Thor and Molnir's ever-changing dynamic that it's like, mm. can't you just be his hammer and you know, uh, just get it, just just get it right. Just go back to square one and be a good little hammer. You think Jason Aaron went like started this? Well, I even though we had no way of knowing where it was. Well, if you go back to the storm in that Steve Rude oh, that's true. book. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, anyway. And I got to say, for my final uncool thing, Twitter bans. No matter who they be on, no matter why. <laughs> I don't know why Andrew got dumped on Twitter. He's a peaceful man. His opinions really don't matter. They don't influence anyone. Exactly. They're pretty vanilla at best. <laughs> I've never been uh, tempted to unfriend him because of garbage he retweets. I don't know. I don't know what that was all about. But bring back Andrew. Free Andrew. <laughs> Justice for Andrew. And bring him back without the underscore one thing too. Come on. <laughs> let's let's have let's let's go for full justice too. Let's not just liberate the Donbass. Let's like get the whole Crimean Peninsula back. <laughs> yeah, I guess cool for me is uh, Mastodon surfers. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, You're not fooling uh, anybody, Andrew. <laughs> oh, did you run into Stegron there? <laughs> I I have been really embracing the. Um, the limited series idea, the kind of seasons thing, mm. the kind like those things like Defenders Beyond and Thunderbolts and those sorts of kind of just look, you're just going to get this dose of story 
and you're just in the moment and I'm really shifting my brain around to come in and not expect in. So ever than now I grab, if it's not Avengers or Spider-Man or whatever, I just assume it to be uh, that kind of short range and just let's ride these crazy little side avenues of the Marvel universe because they're sometimes they're so short. They don't even get dragged into events, you know? I mean, sometimes they do like the way the Hulk got sidetracked in the middle there, but you know, I'm, I'm willing to ride with it. So I'm, I'm turning over a new leaf boys and embracing the no comics going to last more than 12 issues for the most part ideology and getting more out of that and trying to really turn over a new leaf. Again, I guess that's putting me on the meter, which I'm not supposed to do. And not to hijack you, Andrew, but what do we think of the Hulk, the piloted Hulk, the Starship Hulk? Uh, I thought it was fun visually, which is what I wanted, like a big crazy Hulk. And those first few issues in particular, it, like the reset now, it, I don't really know where they're going. I mean, you can't do that forever, but yeah. Yeah. it was like a fun palette. Like, what are they going to follow up? The previous right you know it's a pretty epic run to follow with so yeah all right continue andrew sorry oh uh yeah so i was a big fan of that thing i am not been a fan of while i like that they're putting um some of those older books in with the new weird reprints some of them are a little confusing when it's more modern books and I think it's lending itself to scalpers and not bad faith people trying to pass off some of these reprints as not what they should, as not the original. I mean, it's not so much with the old books, but now you're getting into first appearance of Miles Morales and stuff like that. I mean, I no, guess this is more Kevin's world. But don't you think it's kind of not cool? Like, I wish it was some more blatant thing on it. I can't say it's it's uncool and to say that it wasn't happening with old books it definitely is like especially something like that hulk 181 it's definitely happening but the you can there there is a greater range i feel with that book but when you look at like the ones in the last 10 years i mean it's getting a little difficult to distinguish yeah, that's more my thing. Like, you need yeah. a quick something on it that would quickly let it go because it's not, that's not, you know, I want people, I want those books to be available, but I don't want any shenanigans happening. So you mean like, well, for, you're talking about like forgery books? No, no they're well, the, you know, the true believers, they would have that banner across them. Yes. Yeah. But the facsimiles, I mean, you have to know, like, what the barcode looked like in, like, 2014 or whatever to what the barcode looks gotcha. like now. Okay. Because a so modern people, book still uh, looks yeah. like a modern book. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, people, yeah. some unscrupulous types, is, I understand them to is be. Is this going back to because you bought that number one and it was only the number one of a new story arc <laughs> and it wasn't really a number one? You know, that's another point. No, this is that whole, because I like having the books around and available but that's the type of thing that would really, I mean, we need to be gentle with the new people coming in and old people. I don't know. It just seems too ripe for abuse. <laughs> and they could have put some kind of, like you say, the true believer banner, even something pretty small, but I'll quickly visually you see, oh, that's that one. 
and it doesn't take away from it or whatever, but I don't know. I don't. Or it's uh, like some of the, the second printings, they, all they would do is switch up the color, like from blue to red or something. Yeah, because that is a significant part, you know, speculation and sales and all that is a part of it. And I just, I don't know. I don't want people getting ripped off. Not the least of which is me. But I, I'm not at risk because I'm not buying expensive back issues. So it's not like I'm going to fall yeah. into this. But I mean, I don't want to bag on the on the second or third or fourth person that paid $400 for that first Miles appearance in a previous catalog. But, I mean, what were you thinking? We even think it's legitimate after some of these. Well, that's experience. what I think. One time, I'm like, but now, like, it came, it happened again. And I'm just like. Oh, it happened again. I know. I uh, just. Oh, uh, not again. I know. Kevin. <laughs> Andrew, you got any other quick hits? No, that, that's good. That's right. good for the meter. 2022, let's have an even better 2023. All right. The Kevin, round us okay. out here. Well, I think it's cool that that whole 2099 Exodus Spider-Man 2099 series. Oh, that was uh, fun, yeah. To, to me, it felt more like the actual 2099 than all those other series they've been doing for 20 years now that was trying to recapture the 2099 magic. So I mean that that's that's cool to me. I'm like I'm like wow, you got much closer than I thought you would. And I'm a fool. I buy all of them. <laughs> I thought that was a good series. I I'm with you. Yeah. I like how it and it wasn't really spot it was everything. Like the X-Men, like every Ghost Rider, like all the 2099 and new yeah. ones kept coming in. I mean, it made it kind of crazy and all over the place, but that like you said is more true homage to the well, original. That's I mean, that's what it feels like. So I'm, I'm like, cool. Uh, that giant size Gwen Stacy came out, which means another series that was interrupted in print got the print again. So that was cool. Uh, sort of, I guess you would say middling is uh, Spider-Man. It doesn't have the highs and lows of the Spencer run, and they're trying, but it's not really getting to that that level that we I feel like we should be at. And I haven't read the whole upcoming dark web thing that's I think started what two weeks ago or something. Yeah. But I look at the villain of that series and I'm like, I just read a story in New Mutants where the whole story was about giving Madeline another chance. And she's like, oh when I'm on my own, I can decide my own destiny. And then like two seconds later I guess she decides to be a villain again. I don't know, I'm gonna have to read it. But yeah. Weird. Well, JR, JR back, though. I have no good segue for that, Andrew. Oh, sorry. I didn't know if uh, <laughs> that was... Uh, okay, you've been cut off the call now. We don't need uh, any talk of that. Yeah, that's both. just fun when people come back and play with the old toys. Well, She-Hulk. I'll give that a cool. I mean, I talked about it last episode... But just again, if people weren't aware, uh, She-Hulk, cool book. All right. That's a good cool-o-meter. That's the biggest cool-o-meter, I think, bigger than the ones. That, that's and like a double-page spread. getting banned. 
<laughs> That's right. I mean, don't to... po- don't post a picture of a coolometer on on uh, Facebook. This is the coolometer that could get us all banned from Twitter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, we did good for 2022 though. A lot of episodes. We kept our semi-monthly uh, schedule. That's two episodes a month for you guys who are DC readers. <laughs> and uh, except for when we had our 400th episode, which was like three episodes of podcasting (laughs) rolled into one anyway. Somewhere I'm still listening on one earth. I'm still listening to that thing, Steve. (laughs) You know, I looked at some of those images I I edited for the episodes and it was like, we went through moon Knight, We went through new warriors. Like we did a lot of long things. We had our milestone 400th episode and 15th anniversary of the podcast so that was fun it's been a good year thank you guys for joining us and thank you kevin and andrew as always for doing this year podcast it's the reason this podcast exists so that we can get together and talk about comics every week oh yeah that's the secret of podcasting we talk every week even though you guys just get it twice a month <laughs> should have figured that out earlier <laughs> All right. Wait, I thought we just talked once. You guys are meeting without me? No. <laughs> on Twitter. We talk, oh, we we talked about it on Oh, we said it. That's you Whoops. missed the summons. All right, until it's 1976 again so I can use my mighty Marvel bicentennial calendar one more time. Make mine Marvel. Later. 